0: Ring, ring with Renny Revis. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got someone very special with us today. Someone you may or may not know. But don't worry, we'll explain all the inside jokes. Just sit back and enjoy the voyeurism, folks. It's Ring, ring with Renny.
1: Welcome back. It's been two months. I hope you've been safe as the pandemic progresses and that you won't wipe out on this gnarly third wave, brah. On the day Biden was elected, my car, computer, and mouth broke down. But who cares? A small price to pay in exchange for hope that our country might recover from the make America great again, depression. Speaking of recovery, this hiatus has allowed me to heal from unforeseen oral surgery. After the bone spurs were drilled out, my jaw decided to make a hold my beer joke. Real original jaw. LOL. When I complained about having a dry opening, you might as well have chimed in with that's what she said. Get this. Turns out at least one of my molars is attached to my jaw and couldn't be pulled. You know what? I don't miss movie theaters. No, not when my body's a David Cronenberg film. Today's guest is the multi-talented Jem Phil Lamarr. As a prolific voice actor, he's been in, like, everything. You may know him for playing Samurai Jack, the Green Lantern, or Hermes from Futurama. And who could forget his fate as Marvin in Pulp Fiction? Begging the question, how much would it cost to upgrade a car detailing job from hand wash to head wash? I've seen him in real life. Wow, remember that? On stage with Pee-wee Herman, improvising at the Groundlings, and at Cartoon Network, where he voiced the novel for Mighty Magiswords and grumbled with me as an evil tree. Here's some info that'll help eavesdroppers better understand our conversation. At the time of this recording, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blocked an attempt to vote on increasing $600 stimulus payments to $2,000 for individual Americans. If the $600 has been increased to $2,000 by now, we can agree that the memes still work. A pitiful $2,000 is also deserving of having Leonardo DiCaprio laugh at it. A chyron is a superimposed caption on a screen. Maybe you knew that. I did not. What is it? Chiron? Chiron? Irish guy? Didn't he win Best Actor last year? Phil makes appearances at conventions across the country. In post-pandemic hindsight, even though conventions packed with thousands of people had different themes, I now think of them as all having been horror. Plato, the Athenian philosopher, said homosexual lovers were more blessed than ordinary mortals in his work symposium, but changed his mind in later texts. Well, you're no fun anymore. Hey, how you doing, Phil?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Merry Solstice, dreary New Year. <laughs>
2: you
0: got any family stuff going on this week?
2: No, nope, no. Nope. We did all ours last week. Ah, what'd you get down with? Oh, we did our Hanukkah thing. Personally, I'm not much of a holiday person. I think I okay. pretty much stopped celebrating Christmas at around 14. All right. Because it was just me and my mom. And I realized if we had to get a tree, (laughs) then I was the one who had to clean up all the needles and stuff. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to do that. If you're getting it for me and it's making more work for me, I'm ready to opt out. Let's call it. You can just put the presents in my room. I'm good.
0: The gift of unpaid labor.
2: Merry Christmas, son. Right. Well, but also just all of the nonsense. Because do you think back in ancient times when they were celebrating the change of seasons. They didn't spend a month getting ready for the winter solstice. Oh, let's put up our solstice decorations, you know. We just finished the harvest.
0: <laughs> right. The gods killed everything anyway. You can take a break. There's nobody to impress. <laughs>
2: like
0: Gather the jarred nuts and mead and just party. Right.
2: You know? Go on that one day. <laughs>
0: So you did Hanukkah okay. stuff last week. Are you Jewish?
2: No, my family is. I'm not.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: Are you getting ready to do a big Christmas thing?
0: I'm getting ready to drink that wine. I keep saying it's too sad to drink alone. But if it's
2: Christmas,
0: can't be that sad. Here's that top shelf Trader Joe's Bordeaux, just for me. <laughs>
2: there you go. That's true. No shame <laughs> drinking alone on Christmas. No. Because you're not <laughs> alone. Santa will be drinking with you. <laughs>
0: Hey, yeah, me and Santa, we both agree that top shelf wine at Trader Joe's are the ones that are more than $15, but less than 30 I Love the idea of
2: Santa Claus at Trader Joe's.
0: <laughs> you know what? He can't go to Trader Joe's. You know why? Because Trader Joe's is for single people, and he's a married man. <laughs>
2: And plus, they'd have to change his name. It would have to be like Santa Jaws or something.
0: <laughs> he puts a mustache on his mustache. Right. It's like It's me. <laughs> well, I say that because everything at Trader Joe's is packaged for single use. You know, little meals, little oh. salads. It's a total party. Oh, interesting. I think they're just a step away from having their own condoms called Jojins.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: It would be real convenient. <laughs> just grab your salads. Get a pack of Jojins, cookie butter, and decent garbage bags. Let me add that. They don't have garbage bags.
2: Maybe it's just me because I'm not single, but I find mm-hmm. Trader Joe's to be, yes. like, the least sexy shopping experience.
0: Really? You're going to tell me Trader Joe's is less sexy than Ralph's or Smart & Final? I
2: feel like it is because everything at Trader Joe's looks the same. Those other stores, okay. they specifically make the produce section circular so people can look mm-hmm. at each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Variety.
2: And those stores do sell condoms.
0: <laughs> and they have garbage bags, the
2: sexiest component. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to talk about that on a different call. <laughs> Your connection between sexiness and garbage bags. What are you, the praying mantis? <laughs> Trader Joe's? Well, get me a lover and then dispose of them. <laughs>
0: Either that or I'm a really conceited, endowed man, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need a garbage bag for my situation. <laughs>
2: garbage bags. <laughs> oh, God.
0: I'm not going to need those magnums because I got the hookup <laughs> with,
2: like, what's the, with, what's Glad. A
0: bag? glad. I'm going to get some of those glads. <laughs>
2: Well, we should move on now that you've outed yourself as being into water sports, because we really know what this is all about.
0: (laughs) If it's wine, I'm interested. Okay, the Jesus version of water sports, I'm in.
2: (laughs) Is that converting pee into wine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, it was hard times. The biblical era, water was hard to come by. Right. What do we know? Maybe they had urine at the wedding, and that's why they were so thankful (laughs)
2: Goodness. But you're doing all right?
0: Yeah, I'm okay. Now that we're gonna get that whopping six hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, I can't complain, I'm not sick, I'm good. I'm not stuck with a roommate I don't like, which is worse than being
2: alone, I'm sure. Yeah. What are you gonna That's... do with your big fat paycheck? I'm trying to think what government department was in charge of what's a number just big enough to keep people from rioting. <laughs> what is the least that we can give them that will <laughs> shut them up
0: well mitch mcconnell math let's see it can't be four digits that's too much <laughs>
2: right well and of course for him it's all about georgia anyway it's like so nobody in georgia can count above what 600 that's as far as they can go
0: <laughs> we gerrymandered the districts that have calculators <laughs> oh, how's that going i haven't checked up on georgia i know that you're involved You were promoting getting out the vote there.
2: Yeah, just I've been, you know, donating and doing fundraisers and doing signal boosts to anybody else's fundraisers. Because, yeah, yeah, to me, it's like insanely important. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. My great grandparents were from Georgia, so I don't have a lot of Mm. faith in the Deep Mm. South.
0: Uh Oh, did they let you down?
2: Well, eventually they let us out. I don't know. They got it right in November. So basically, to me, it's Mm. just like, stay awake. Don't go to sleep. Do it again. We have to go out again now. Hey, come on. It's Georgia. There's no snow. Just get up and vote.
0: (laughs) There would have been no solstice in Georgia. (laughs) Just hang out and drink iced tea in December.
2: Right. (laughs) Mint julep. where
0: did you grow up, Phil? L.A. Oh, you did? You've always been here like me? Mm -hmm. What part were you in? The same place I'm in now.
2: No way.
0: (laughs) The valley, man.
2: Nice. (laughs) The valley has changed a lot over the years.
0: Yeah, there's places to eat now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and places to get your hair done. We grew up in Inglewood, but then my mother moved us out to the North Valley. And okay. the total diversity and representation that existed in the North Valley at that time Uh-oh. was us. <laughs> oh, no. And one family that people suspected might be Jewish. That was it. Hmm. So now when I go visit Friends of the Valley and I drive past a black barber shop, I'm like, are we in a different dimension? How is wow. this possible? How is this guy making a living? <laughs> Does he know? Right. <laughs> Because I used to have to drive from the North Valley out to South L.A. to get my hair cut. Because there was no place in the valley.
0: So you went from one wood to a different wood, like Sherman Oaks. To Inglewood. Right. What part of the valley were you in? Yeah, I was on Granada Hills. Oh, Granada Hills. Okay. So where it's always, it's too hot degrees. Right. I was just in Granada Hills picking up flowers, and I had taken major painkillers two days before, and I thought, I'm not going to drive for two days. And then I was going to Granada Hills two days later, and I made the dumbest left turn, a turn that only emerges from... Chemical manipulation in your brain. Oh, geez. Somewhere in my lizard brain was the thought, this is a safe place to turn left, and now (laughs) is the best time. No. Oh God! I wish there was a honk that lets everybody know it's your bad. Like a different horn. You honk the horn, and it's like, sorry guys, sorry guys.
2: Yeah, the apologetic horn. That would actually be great if there was like a horn keyboard. You know, like <laughs> I'm mad. Oh God! Or just a <laughs> middle like, one where there are, sometimes you do this, like
0: I'm behind you. <laughs> I want one that says oops. Yeah. And if you're in a car accident, it will sound like a cat jumping on a piano, like oops! All oh wow, right, dang dang dang. They all go off at the same time. <laughs> and then for different neighborhoods, you can have different dialects, like a Latino neighborhood. Right.
2: am I say, oh. I mean, honestly, I've thought about that for years. Actually, not so much a horn is like, you know, one of those cop things where you can like, Hey, use your <laughs> signal, jerk.
0: <Yeah. laughs> or
2: just like a sign, like a Chiron that just tells people what <laughs> they need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. I can like type out, you can turn right on red here. Go. <laughs>
0: Move it, non-Californian. Right. This is our greatest asset. Embrace it. Right on red. (laughs) California, we've got great wine and we've got great right turns. Our best quality
2: There it is <laughs> Have you been performing?
0: No, I just recently did a Zoom stand-up show oh. I just said no and no. I know <laughs> Let me start over I have done two things remotely I did a Zoom stand-up show And I did this Facebook Live A couple people did a live reading From a very shitty dime store paperback from the 40s mm. Both of those were fine You could see my ceiling fan I had no pants on It all went well But it was actually kind of a Setting to me, how many eyes were on that, and never in my life have I ever performed to so many views when I think I've done performances that maybe were more worthy of views than (laughs) my cheap impression of Paget Brewster, you know?
2: Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. You have very little control over audience. You only have control over performance.
0: Yeah, all we can do.
2: But on a Zoom call, how can you tell if a joke is working?
0: Good question. The way I countered that was dramatic pauses. I don't know who's laughing. So I would just awkwardly pause as if it was a Zoom delay. (laughs) Like, hello, one, two, three. Thanks for being here tonight, one, two, three. It was pretty weird. How have you been handling the virtual conventions?
2: Well, that part is relatively easy because panels at conventions are basically just a conversation between Mm -hmm. whoever's on the thing. There's less Q&A. The interaction with audience, even in a non-virtual panel, is really controlled. So it's not that different now. The moderator says, hey, this, you say that. And then sometimes they actually field questions from people watching or that people have sent in. So that part is basically the same. Nice. It's just that you don't get to meet anybody. Although some of the conventions are now offering like one-on-one Zoom calls, you know, like a meet and greet uh-huh. with the fans. So instead of paying for an autograph, in a real con, that's what it would be. The autograph is what you're getting while you meet the person. But now yeah. they separate them, you know.
0: Wow. And you don't see mm-hmm. anybody dressed up, so there's less Q&A and less t
2: <laughs> Well, yes. And that's a good thing because in a summer con, you always have to worry about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether some fan's going to sweat on you.
0: Ew, there's a lot of skin on skin that you're avoiding now.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, God, here comes another Aquaman.
0: <laughs> oh, Aquaman, his properties have turned into liquid. Right. Very Aquaman.
2: <laughs> Actually, it's Awkward Man. Huh? <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm awkward man.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not the same, but at least, you know, you get some level of interaction.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to hear it's so monitored because it could be such a mess. You have technical aspects now to deal with. So I'm glad that they're pulling in the Mm reins. Have you any stories that stand out of fan requests that was very unusual? Hmm. Like a cameo or a weird thing you wrote on an autograph?
2: Not really. I mean, there are always the stories but I feel like my fan base tends to be fairly neutral I think it's always worse for women
0: (laughs) Phil what do you mean I have no
2: idea what you're talking about oh my god I used to watch you all the time in that suit you were so sexy it's like ew if you're an on camera actress you hear the story somebody comes up with a screenshot of you know a horror movie you did in the 80s can you sign this (laughs) this picture of your butt that I found right (laughs) Phil this is how bad
0: it is I'm not famous and I've gotten creepier fan requests than you. That's how bad it is to be
2: public at all. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, now, <laughs> this is pre internet, when we were doing mad TV. Yeah. It was before the internet was everywhere. Within, mm-hmm. I'd say, six months of when we premiered, the girls mm-hmm. on the show were getting letters from prison
0: Dear Nicole Sullivan. Right? Uh, when you do and that mom voice, it awakens something in me. Love, Haas.
2: Right. And now with the fact that, you know, everyone is accessible through the Internet, there is no such thing as a private individual anymore. You said, I'm not famous. Like, you on a screen, you must be famous.
0: Right. Putting anything out there
2: makes you pray,
0: honestly. (laughs) Yay!
2: Well, that's the next stage. It's not so much about changing the Internet privacy laws. It's about changing society and training people (laughs) to treat everyone like human beings. Well, good night, everybody. We have no hope. We're done. Actually, it is getting better. I see with my kids, the world that they're growing up in is definitely in a lot of ways better, you know. They still have hope. How old are your kids? They're teenagers. But I remember That's... two kids coming out at eighth grade graduation. That wow. never would have happened when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. You would not have even heard of that happening anywhere mm. in the country my god that to me is a sign of progress yes for sure at the time
0: it was like we don't have gay kids at our school just like there are no black people in the valley those statements both were accepted right
2: right yeah and what they meant is we don't consider that important enough to even look and see if any of those people exist or are a part of our community
0: yeah we didn't think to check And now I really see that with the trans community Mm -hmm. We're talking about percentages now Like this percentage of teenagers are coming out as trans Because the field is open now Mm -hmm. We are going to see more The subject wasn't even on the table for so many years That it's like, nope, you probably went to high school with a trans person And you didn't know It's kind of like, well, the discussion wasn't there to have These people were not embraced
2: Right, (laughs) not embraced, not acknowledged and certainly knew they would not, in many cases, be allowed. Yes. And it's funny because what you're talking about, that generational view of it, the people who said, nobody in my class was gay, they literally think that was the case. So now Mm -hmm. when they see kids coming out as gay, they're like, who turned all these people gay? (laughs) It's like, no, (laughs) we've taken the gun off their head so they can now allow themselves. Like people who have no concept of oppression Mm -hmm. assume it didn't (laughs) exist. I was never oppressed. Yeah,
0: impressed. so many levels of that. Right. <laughs> the white privilege to be even able to say that. Woo. Mm-hmm. But talking about older generation saying nobody was gay in my school. Like, honey, your generation thought Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were hot. That is the gayest thing. <laughs> Women now like very different kinds of men. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, wow, the hottest men from a previous generation were all gay types. <laughs> Hot
2: Damon. Right.
0: Let's look at the evidence. You must have had some Kinsey scale skewing in your school.
2: <laughs> well, hello, seventeen hundreds. Hi, we're all wearing powdered wigs, makeup, <laughs> and drawing on our moles.
0: <laughs> and women aren't allowed in these affairs, so we have more fun with the boys.
2: Right. <laughs> Working late. Exactly. But that's actually one of the really interesting things to me. I'm sorry to go down this weird rabbit hole. The connection between gender oppression and male-female interactions. Mm. And I'm guessing as women became a larger part of society, then I believe, I have to do research to, to prove this, that men being feminine became more of an issue. When women were super, super oppressed, like, this woman belongs to her father, and to her husband. She is just a chattel. Uh-huh. Guys yeah, could be weird. gay all the time. You know, Plato's time. Like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to some of my students. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was all fine. But then, as we began to head towards equality, it's like, well, now we've got to suppress femininity. Yes. And so, guys, no more doing anything a girl can do. You mean anything? <laughs> yeah. Can't do that anymore. Oh, crap. <laughs> we have to introduce homophobia now that women have more rights. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> if we keep making it okay to do things that women do, then that makes it okay to be a woman. And who wants that? <laughs> They're already controlling you know, our children. We don't know if it's ours.
0: Totally. Just redefining what's appropriate and what's not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now that the roles are changing,
2: what's okay? And the reason I hit to that is I was watching my kids growing up in a world with less toxic masculinity, mm. not only did that make it safer for the women in that realm, it also made it safer for a lot of the men. It's like, oh, yes, I don't have to define myself according to this rigid, you know, it's like you can't cry, you can't dance. There are all of these things that you could not do and still be yeah. considered a man.
0: Right. I love to see it. I love men and toxic masculinity hurts them. I was going to say just as much, but I don't know. No, almost as much.
2: No, not just as much, but it hurts them too.
0: Yes. And I love seeing adolescents now with male polish or liking whatever. I mean, the things right. that we thought were gay are so far removed from sexuality. Like, you like female singers? That's gay. Why? Right. <laughs> Why is that gay? <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yeah, it widens it up. It's like, oh, now there's so many more things you can do as a man, which is Mm -hmm. hilarious. I guess it's that whole prison guard thing. All right, everybody (laughs) shut up. Well, if none of the prisoners can talk, you can't talk either. Fuck it. You're right. All right, well, I'll just be quiet here. I'll be quiet outside the bars, and you'll be quiet inside the bars.
0: Yeah, and we won't have healthy friendships because we don't know how to communicate. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: We'll wait till our wives have a party, and then we stand near each other. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or we'll bond over violence. That's the only (laughs) way.
0: I'm just thinking of a funeral for a bunch of manly guys, like, Ralph was my best friend! I saw him twice in the last ten years, man! Those were good times!
2: Is a manly man allowed to cry at his buddy's funeral?
0: He's only allowed to cry when... Combat veterans make over his house on a reality show. That's that's the only time. That's it.
2: I think in the early days of the internet, there was that meme of Michael Jordan crying at his retirement thing. I think that was like a big ridicule.
0: Ridiculous. Of all people, that's a deserved moment. Come on. Ha! Ha! Look at that. He's the greatest athlete of all time, and he has emotions. (laughs) He stirs up emotions in me, but what a fag for crying. (laughs) Your kids are going to be a healthier generation emotionally.
2: Let's hope so. I mean, I think we were on our way towards that until the uh the current era started. Like mm-hmm. just read some horrible article about a guy in West Virginia who It's
0: already bad. Yeah.
2: Was like openly a pedophilia advocate and wow. violence against women. Like he had websites for these things and then, after putting up the websites, ran for office. Yeah, sounds familiar. So it's just like, okay, well, in our previous generations there were a lot of bad attitudes, but at least there was some shame attached to it. It's like, well, you can't say you're a racist. Mr. Duke, is it true you are the grand wizard of the clan? Uh that that person wears a mask. I don't uh, you can't prove that's me. You know. <laughs> so, but now we're in the age of the orange ones, like shame, I don't know, I don't even know what that word is. Is that, is that you know, like now it's okay to not hide the awful things Mm -hmm. yeah i said it so what Yep. fuck everybody that's the mantra the idea of socially acceptable behavior is now oh i'm gonna be politically correct and say things that other people agree with
0: (laughs) how dare we be radical by finding compromise (laughs) my mind was going to cults and if you're in a garden variety cult you know The generic brand, there's repeated phrases for the leader, like, wash the cloth, anoint the crown, like, I don't know, some weird repeated thing. And now it's just, fuck everybody. Fuck you. You're wrong. I'm right. Everything I say doesn't matter because truth doesn't matter.
2: Yes. And once you do away with the concept of truth, you don't need euphemism anymore. Because euphemism was to hide truth. Yes. But now we don't believe in truth, so let's (laughs) just say anything.
0: Nobody's struggling with cognitive dissonance here. They're like, nope, we're just going to accept that it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Right. Here's my (laughs) opinion on gravity.
0: (laughs) Hey, there's no need for euphemism if you say it loudly or you type it in all (laughs) caps. Then it's fine. Right. Or you talk forcefully at a camera and have a YouTube channel and you seem somewhat articulate and clean, then you are a voice of reason.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think actually that's one of the problems is we used to have, culturally speaking, this idea Mm -hmm. that things that showed up in the newspaper or were on television had an inherent importance. Mm. And I think that has sort of gotten into our system so much that now that screens are everywhere, yeah. we didn't deprogram that from people. Yeah. So now if you see someone on the internet saying something and you take it in the same way you would take oh, in no. Walter Cronkite with the CBS Evening News. Oh my God, you're so right.
0: How terrifying. You're totally right. Someone on YouTube you. now would be like, I'm Schmolter Sprite, and the <laughs> earth is flat. Tonight at 11. Right. And
2: now somebody can say, hey, no, I saw a (laughs) guy talking about how the earth was flat. So it's not Mm -hmm. just me. I saw it on my screen. Yeah. Must be true.
0: Yeah, must be true. What's really sad, Phil, is that in some other reality, suggesting that the Earth is flat would be a ridiculous, made-up idea that you and I came up with as a hyperbole for comedic effect, but unfortunately, that exact example is the subject of serious discussion. Like, no, that was supposed to be the stupid joke idea. Right. The third beat, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Why are we in the third beat all the time?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Because I remember on (laughs) TV, I used to do a Michael Jackson impression. And we would try to write these parody sketches. But there came a point where he began to get so crazy that Mm -hmm. it became impossible to parody him. Ah. Any crazy comedy idea you came up with, hey, what if Michael just decides to wear a new hat every day? It's like, dude. Did you not see the news today? <laughs> He's just, and he did something that's like 10 times more insane than any pitch. We came up with the room.
0: You <laughs> would crumple up your wacky hat idea and throw it in the trash. <laughs> right. Now we need to dangle a baby out of our balcony. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And I feel like it's that way when you're writing satire or comedy, or even just about our society. Uh, Things are going so far into yeah. the nuts realm. It's like, what if, what if, oh God, I just Googled something eight times worse than my worst what-if.
0: <laughs> I have a lot of respect for the Onion writers <laughs> the last four years, really, running
2: into the same issue. I don't envy them, because how many times have you seen somebody share something thinking it was mm-hmm. a real article? Like, no, 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 look on the bottom. Well, That's the Onion. I guess
0: I haven't, but I don't have a lot of aunts or cousins who forward emails. That <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good.
0: <laughs> you mentioned your excellent Michael Jackson impression. And I remember one of your sketches was... Uh, Situation where Kiss showed up. There was a time where you had to watch out because Kiss might show up. <laughs> I miss the days when all we had to worry about was Kiss showing up. That's the terror I long for. Uh oh, Kiss. Watch out.
2: Yeah, they're overdue for some sort of retcon reboot. <laughs>
0: Who are they going to scare, though? Yeah. <laughs> Guys in their 80s with CBS Halloween makeup. Ooh, They're going to rock us. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> ah, I love that because, again, rock was a euphemism. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Um, excuse me, we're having breakfast right now. Do you mind, Kiss? We're not ready to rock. Cool it. <laughs> cool it with your rocking. Right. There wouldn't even be a song now with the word sex in it. I was just thinking, like, some Kiss song. Let's put the X in sex. Nowadays, if I was in a song, there would be kids like, what is sex? <laughs> did you mean getting it on or hitting that? What is S-E-X? I've never heard that word.
2: It's too polite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to sing the months of the year. After our spelling lesson, <laughs> like, thanks for the tip, guys. <laughs> I've learned so much.
2: Right.
0: I don't want to take too much of your time, Phil.
2: Yes, I think we've pretty much solved all of uh, the world's problems. So. We
0: did. <laughs> We'll just say everything clearly, loudly with our best mic and put it on YouTube, and we're right. Everything we said. There you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate you so, so much for giving me your time when you could be getting that sweet cameo time or meeting Awkward Man virtually. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, it's my pleasure. It's good to talk to you. You too, Phil. I'm glad you're making it through.
0: <laughs> with the 600 bucks, man, I'm, I'm wheeling.
2: <laughs> you're rolling in it.
0: <laughs> Woo! I wonder if I can use a Groupon code, like save 20. <laughs> If I put in the code, will I get more money?
2: There you go. <laughs> All
0: right. Happy
1: Hanukkah, Phil. Thanks so much.
2: All right. Thank you, Renee. Take care of yourself, okay?
1: See you on the other side. All bye right. Bye. Be
2: well. Bye.
1: Today's episode was brought to you by the least sexy shopping experience, Schmalter Schmonkite, and letters from prison. Please stay on the line for our next episode with Heidi Powers.